Kia ora welcome back to the Small Town Kid podcast. I hope you're having a very productive day out there. Um, you're tuning in with your host, Ngākuhu Walker. And if you're listening to the podcast, then you know you're on that journey towards self-development. And I do hope that this uh, this podcast adds value to your journey. Um, this is podcast number 26, I believe. And our goal this year is to get 50 podcasts done. Um, I'd like to get up to 100 and you know hopefully in the near future that we'll become one of one of the most um, top listened uh, podcasts in Aotearoa because that'd be awesome and even if we don't as long as we're adding value to the journey of our listeners that you fellas um, I'll be very happy and you know that's that's all I need to keep going. Um, small tip before we get into the podcast if I'm talking too slow for you down in the bottom left hand corner there you got a times button and just put that number up and it'll speed up the talking um, yeah I learned that tip off one of the bros so in today's podcast we're going to be talking about my lifestyle growing up um, what it was like to be Ngākuhu Walker you know in my shoes and I'm going to take you guys on a journey um, right from when I was born at the hospital all the way to where I am now um, so yeah, without further ado, let's get into the podcast. Kia ora. Kia ora whanau. So my life began in Oportiki Hospital, uh, 18th of June 2003, which is about 18 years ago. Uh, I grew up in a small place called Hawaii, which is along State Highway 35. And if you know my clothing brand, 35 Clothing, uh, well, Hawaii is based along that highway. And grew up in a two-story house. Um, for most of my life, I had two siblings, uh, Taimanu, my brother, and Mariah, my sister, my younger sister Taina came along uh, a while after I grew up. She came along when I was about 12. But um, yeah, so I grew up, had two siblings for most of the time uh, in Hawaii. And we had the beach just out, outside our doorstep, um, the bush just behind us, and the river down the road. Um, had most of our family around this area, Hawaii, and also Tōrere, uh, where most of the whānau was situated. Uh, including my nan and my koro, which we spent most of our time with. But um, I went to Kohangareo at uh, Morainui, and my nan and I think my cousin was working there at the time. So I spent a bit of time with them, and then I transitioned into primary and intermediate, uh, which I spent at Te Kura Mana Māori o Morainui, and that is where I learned to uh, fluently speak in te reo. Also learned about my whakapapa, and also hitori, or history, of um, the area. So that's Marainui, Hawaii, all the way down the east coast. And um, luckily, at our school, we got to travel around Aotearoa every year. So at the end of um, every single year, there was a fishing comp held at Motu, or in Marainui. And from this fishing comp, our school would raise about 15 to 20 grand in uh, money. And we'd use this money towards a trip. And this trip would be two to three weeks uh, at the start of every single year. And we'd head to a, to a place or a region. And would spend the whole time just learning about that region, um, the whakapapa, how we connect, uh, the pepeha, you know, all the stories and history of that, that place. Um, places that we went to were uh, down south, went all the way down the west coast, came back up the east, uh, went down to, sorry, went across to Taranaki, uh, went across to Rotorua, uh, Rotuetsi, that, that place, went up north, also went up Ruatahuna in those places and and also just the east coast so i guess you know from that um, my cultural awareness um, knowing my history and knowing where i come from has been pretty strong and set in stone from day one which i'm very grateful for Uh, since we were lucky enough to be living right next to the moana and also the ngahiri uh, we spent a bit of time diving and fishing 
Uh, I used to go out with my dad and a few other whanau, um, just across to the rocks, or go down to a few spots that we had. Um, also fishing at uh, the Motu. If you don't know the Motu, then that's the place that is pumping with Kahawai 24-7. Um, other than the Rahui time that, that is on there. Um, we also spent a lot of time up the bush, um, going spotlighting up the rivers, uh, walking the whenua, going pig hunting. And although I must say that wasn't really my passion, uh, it was my younger brother's passion and also my sister. So, you know, they continue to pursue that um, that journey of uh, kite gathering, uh, exploring the whenua, which I'm very proud of them both. So um, I guess in that aspect also I was quite lucky to be exposed to a lot of diving, um, you know, kaimoana, uh, bush, ngahere, you know, the pigs and, and everything. And just that aspect of gathering kai, which our tipuna used to do a lot. You know, and compared to a lot of people out there that I meet, you know, have not really uh, any experience in these uh, particular fields, which I am very grateful that I've been exposed to. As I mentioned before, I went to Te Kuramana Māori o Marainui, and I was lucky enough that Nan and Koro were just down the road, and they used to take us every single day to Kura and back. Um, and also on that, uh, growing up, I had heaps of cousins, as we all do. I think uh, there were about 14 of us. No, sorry, not that many. Nah, 11, because we all had to fit in the van. Um, you know, although there might not be too many, but that's quite a bit. You know, growing up with um, your cousins, you learn a lot. You know, sometimes it's all about who's got the power, or, you know, who's the boss. <laughs> And plenty of arguments, uh, fights, but also plenty of games and laughter and, you know, building those relationships uh, with your cousins from a very young age. Which I also look around these days and I see that not many, um, you know, young young people get to spend that much time with their cousins. And so I'm very lucky that, you know, all our whanau was in the one spot and we used to do everything together, um, you know, from going down to the, the beach um, all the way up to the bush to the farm also, which I'll touch on in a moment. But um, yeah, you know, I was very grateful to spend all that time with my cousins and they're, they're all just like brothers and sisters to me. You know, also at the worst of times, they're like enemies. <laughs> but um, we are, as a whanau, we have a farm, which is about five minutes from our nan and koro's house. And it is my koro's farm, technically, or his side of the whanau's farm. And um, we had cows, not dairy cows, sorry, uh, dry stock. So all we had to do is move them around and keep them fed. And also... Um, as of recent, uh, my younger brother and Koro and also a few other whanau have been putting in orchards, uh, which has been a big uh, job. But um, when I was growing up uh, after school, since Nan and Koro used to uh, take us to school and drop us off, we used to go to the farm every single afternoon. And, you know, we spent hours there moving cows, uh, fixing up fences, you know, doing up the yards, f- getting water. Um, all these jobs and as a young fella all you want to do is um, just go play you know you don't really want to be working hard but I guess in retrospect you know that uh, that has really um, grounded me and built that foundation of hard work you know and it's really transitioned into um, this this part of my life and I look at my other the cousins and the siblings they all got their hard work aspect and you know we seem to do quite well but um man wasn't that just annoying spending so much time at the farm you know every single day and my kuro he wasn't a nice fella you know he'd give you a growling if you were mucking around um sometimes we'd move the cows you know down the main road all the way down to tordid and be a big job take half the day um he was also a fencing contractor so 
uh, we used to drive all the way down the coast, all the way, you know, here, there and everywhere, putting up fences, but, um, you know, my koro loved that, he had his mokos around him, but at the time, you know, being the mokos, all you wanted to do was go play, as I said before, and, you know, being at the farm or working on the fences is the last thing you want to do, <laughs> and funny story, actually, so we used to get back from um, school sometimes, and koro would be at the TAB, and so, you know, we'd get back before him, he'd be on his way home, and we'd know that, so what we'd do, there was a creek just down the road, and we'd go hide in the creek, and they just peek over the big fence, watch our koro, Akohe, Taimano, where are you? And yeah, um, looking back, I feel pretty bad, but at the time, I was like, nah, I don't want to go to the farm, jeez, I just want to play, and we still waited out, waited out, waited out, and he finally left, and then we come back, and they all laughing, happy, and then Nan will give us a growling, and yeah, that only, we only done that a few times, but I don't know, hey, it was just getting a bit, um, yeah, annoying, really. And most of the time, it was me, my brother, and my cousin Polder. We were the ones that worked on the farm until Tear and a few other of our, our cousins, you know, they came up. Then now they're taking over the reins because they're getting too old, you know, got to retire. <laughs> but um, yeah, all that time, you know, working with my koro, you really ingrained those um, values of working hard. You know, you got to go out there, do the mahi, and get it done. And whether it rained, stormed, hail or shine we were still out there moving the cows doing the fences and you know i couldn't be more grateful for my koro um, for you know grounding us and building those foundations because they really made us resilient you know no matter what hit us in life you know all of us could handle it you know and also on that they were the big advocates for sending us to te kuramana maori o marainui because as you know back in the day there were a few laws and um you know rubbish laws really around te reo maori and by that I mean, you know, you couldn't speak it, um, and they didn't get that, and so they sent us there to Te Kuramana Māori o Marainui, you know, wanting us to learn how to speak Te Reo Māori, what our history is, our whakapapa, and they really wanted that for us, which I'm very grateful that they pushed us to do that, because now we can all, you know, fight kōrero, do the karanga, whenever anything's on at the marae, and also I spent a lot of time at the marae, People ask me quite a bit, how do you know how to fight kōrero, you know, who taught you? And to be honest, uh, it was all those hours and days listening to our, our kaumātua, our koraua on the paipai, um, you know, doing their fai kōrero, uh, speaking to our manuhiri. And listening to them, you learn different styles, you learn different uh, kōrero, and that's how I learned how to uh, fai kōrero. Um, and also, I guess that transitioned over to my public speaking. I'm not bad, really. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, being at the feet of your tipuna and learning, learning like that without the books and just learning in your hinengaro, that's what really helped me. And I guess that was also an attribute to uh, learning at school. If you don't know, I got ducks and also my brother got ducks, which is the top scholar in your le- year level. Um, and I guess that's an attribute to, you know, learning on the go, sitting there at the feet of your tipuna, learning fai kōrero. You know, you can't write that stuff down, you got to listen, take it in, and then you got to deliver it, you got to action it. Also, I um, give that to my koro. You know, sometimes he'd be, you know, do this, do that, screaming at us, and you'd be in those high-pressure moments, you got to make a quick decision, and, you know, you do. And that, that teaches you to be under those pressure moments, uh, to learn, to take it in, and to action it. And sometimes you were wrong, but if you keep doing it, you know, you grow confidence, and no matter what hits you, 
you're you're built you're resilient to do that um so i was born in Opo, uh lived next to the ocean the bush and the river also worked hard on the farm with my koro and just spent a lot of quality time with my whanau but um one thing i did want to touch on is that there were a limited amount of job opportunities down the coast there and one of the ones that um we used to use quite often was possum trapping and possum trapping was sort of the beginning of my entrepreneurial uh, journey um, it was actually my cousin Dallas he lives in Katikati he got me and my little brother into possum trapping um, at the time we had about 20 traps and we'd set them around the farm uh, around the pines and at one point there me and my brother were going so hard that we were making about 800 bucks a week which was heaps back in those days we thought we were rich Ended up buying us a motorbike, <laughs> wasted all our money. But um, yeah, that was sort of the start of my entrepreneurial journey, you know, mahi hard, um, going up those hills, getting the possums, plucking them. We learned how to skin them in the end and, you know, selling them, selling them for about, what was it, $110 to $125 per kg. And that was mean money back in that day. And yeah, I just wanted to um, let you guys know about that because I guess that's where the journey of being an entrepreneur started. Um, if you do know the business 3-5 Clothing, you know, that, that probably stemmed from that and stemmed from, you know, having the confidence to go out there and do that sort of mahi. But anyways, after Tikura Mana Māori o Marauni, I went off to Oportiki College. And if you know Opo, then you know Opo. <laughs> when I went to Oportiki College, that was the beginning of the end. Um, I was quite onto it back in Tikurumana Māori o Marauni, and I still was onto it at Oportiki College. I uh, won all the awards and stuff, but I must say that it was quite slack. Um, you know, all the temptations, uh, girls, what's it, smoking, drinking, all that stuff was around you. And I even had my mates becoming fathers, what, at 14, 15. I was like, far out, brothers, come on. But um, yeah, so I only lasted at Opo for one year. It was a good school. You know, went there with all my uh, relations, but um, nah, I soon got out of there pretty quickly, and then I left off to Rotorua Boys High School, and now I saw the light. <laughs> but um, Rotorua High School, or Rotorua Boys High School, um, that, was, that was a school, and well, I was meant to go there in year nine, but I was too homesick, and I was a mummy's boy, it was terrible, man, far out, I just couldn't leave home. And I see a lot of boys struggle to do that these days. But anyways, I, in year 10, I left Rotorua Boys High School. And that was pretty much probably the start of my turning point, which will be a podcast that I touch on um, next week. So I went to Rotorua Boys High School in year 10. Um, I lived in the hostel. And when I got here, man, this place was just full of excitement. Uh, the Māori culture was strong at the time. Rehua Selwyn was head boy. And when I saw that fella speaking, and I saw the way he held himself, I was like, man, I'm going to be head boy when I grow up. And I guess that's yeah, um, that's sort of what everyone wants to be, really. But um, you know, I was determined to do that, and I was lucky enough that I did. But anyways, getting back to um, starting at Boys High. So it was a place full of excitement, and I was just keen, you know, to get out there and just to explore. Um, but I moved into the hostel. And there was about 130-odd boys there in the hostel, bugger all from down the east coast. But I must say, the first four to five weeks of living in the hostel was the hardest time of my life. I couldn't even sleep. Homesick was that bad. You know, I was constantly calling my mum. I was coming home every single week. 
But when you first start off at the hostel, you're not allowed to go home for like the first few weeks. And man, it was a struggle. All I wanted to do was go home. And, you know, in hindsight, I look back and I was like, I'm glad that my parents sent me and helped me to get over that bridge of being homesick because now it's all good. And now I can go out of town, no sweat being away from the parents. And they also built a bit of resilience. Being sort of a homegrown boy, growing up with your whanau around you and then you get put in these situations, you're like, what the hell am I doing here? But yeah, very, very grateful that they put me in this situation. But at the same time, I was scared as hell. Uh, so that year at um, Rotorua Boys, I joined the rugby team on the 40s and we went to nationals and I was super eight, sorry, came second. Um, joined the sevens team, we won a few comps. Um, also done well academically, got ducks. I also got general excellence because I was doing a bit of performing dance. And any, that, that year uh, was sort of my turning point and you know, that woke me up. I was like, man, you know, I, I can do stuff here. I got a bit of a brain on me and got got hard work there. And so I got Ducks, General Excellence and all these other accolades. And that sort of set me up for where I, where I am now. So year 11, year 12, year 13, you know, typical high school, NCAA. Done quite well, really. And a few tips for our listeners out there. Study hard, work hard and the results will come. Lucky enough to get level 1, 2 and 3 of excellence. Um, got my blazer, my tie. Uh, played for the first 15. And playing for the first 15 wasn't that a struggle. I didn't really get on with the first 15 coaches. Um, yeah, it was it was a hard one, really. You know, I, was, I knew I was good enough to be in there, but they just wouldn't put me in there. And that, that built my hunger to become a better rugby player. And that's, I guess, why I get up at 5 a.m. now. But, yeah, so I played first 15. Um, and in 2020 was my biggest year. Well, actually, 2019. Because that year I got ducks and all the rest of it. And also got awarded got awarded um, head boy. And 2020 was the year. I was head boy. I had a prefect team of about 17. And during that time, you know, I was able to lead out the boys. Um, I, I remember being in the position coming into school. Seeing Dehu Asao in lead. And, you know, remem- remembering the inspiration that he had on me. And so, you know, all I wanted to do was give back. Um, do the same for all the other boys, make them feel like they're on top of the world and, you know, give them that belief that they are going to do well. And so I was very grateful to be head boy. Um, I really took it upon myself to be the best version of myself that I can be. And, um, yeah, advice from me to other people going through school, uh, make sure you study hard. You know, don't get too into the box. You know, like me, I never went to a single party throughout my whole time in high school, which I'm not too sure if I regret or not because I wouldn't really change anything that I've done. But I do recommend uh, socializing, but also just having that balance. And that, that's one podcast that I'll be doing soon also. Um, you know, not getting too much into the study, too much into the alcohol, to the socializing, too much into the sports. You sort of want to have that equal balance. As they say in uh, chemistry, equilibrium, <laughs> find your equilibrium. Um, yeah, so 2020 rolled over, uh, heading out my final year of school. Towards the end of that year, I was applying for all these scholarships to university. And this was sort of the next roadblock that I faced. Oh, I wasn't really too sure on whether I wanted to go to university or not. And I had seen from many, many other people that they go to uni, a couple of years in, they change what they study. They study there for three years and they don't even finish it. Five years wasted, 100 grand in debt. That's pretty much what I didn't want to happen to me. 
and say I wasn't sure. Uh, and all I did was I just applied to every single university in Aotearoa for what they were known for, such as Otago, known for um, medical and health, um, Auckland, known for engineering, Wellington, known for law, etc. Uh, I just applied for their biggest scholarships and I got them all, which I was very, very happy, but also gutted about because all the boys were going for scholarships and they didn't get any, and they were really passionate about going to university. And here was this Falangako who didn't ever want to go, but still applied because he wasn't too sure, and got them all. And anyways, I ended up just deferring them till 2022, uh, which, again, I didn't go because I wasn't too sure. But um, just to give an explanation to all you fellas, um, I didn't go because I wasn't too sure, as I said, but I also saw that maybe I just go out there, experience, um, you know, what's what the world has to offer me and what it is like to live out in a real world, um, you know, paving, paying your own way and all that stuff. So I looked at it as sort of a gap year, a year to gain experience, life skills, and, you know, what a year 2021 was. It was probably the year of, the most growth I've ever had. I played rugby for Momota Premiers. I worked for my father-in-law, sort of in his shadow, following him through his project management mahi uh, into his housing repair space, um, then into his forestry space, and I was just exposed to so much stuff. And now I'm at Scion, which I'm very grateful for that opportunity, and currently building my networks in the forestry industry. Um, also in that corporate space, you know, those uh, shakers and movers, and um, as my father-in-law always says, you got to rub shoulders with the big boys if you want um, decisions to be made. And, you know, that's what I'm on my, on my way to do. And, oh, sorry, I forgot. My journey into business and into podcasting started back in 2020 also. I don't know, I just had a light. It sparked me and I, I just wanted to start a business. I was really keen on it and had the support from my whanau and I've done that also. Um, and I started this podcast because I wanted to add value to the, the journey of the listener, which is you guys, and I hope this is adding some sort of value to your journey. Just listening to me ramble on, really. But um, yeah, I started the podcast and the business at the same time, and currently they're going good. Um, fell off the wagon there for a bit, but now we're back on and we're being consistent. And yeah, now I am where I am. Um, where am I heading to the future, you may ask? Not too sure at the moment, but this year, really going to uh, cement my spot in Scion, um, get to know more people, build up my networks, build up 3-5 uh, clothing, and maybe look to study next year, I'm not too sure. Manaya comes out of study this year, so we'll just have to work in with that. And, you know, currently we're working on our manifestation and gratitude, just trying to manifest us being a successful in the future. You know, I am successful, I am rich, I am confident, I am handsome, all that's good stuff. I do recommend doing some gratitude and affirmations also. Um, and also lifestyle now, just waking up at 5am, getting stuff done. And you may ask why I do that. I do that because I grow. I believe it helps me become stronger mentally um, because that's that's a big thing these days, mental health. And also if you're struggling at the moment, don't be shy to message me. This is a safe place um, you know, where we, be, where we be vulnerable and I'll try and encourage that as much as I can. But um, Fano, uh, thank you for listening to the podcast. This was a long one, about 20 minutes. And if you sped it up, it might have been 15, I'm not sure. But that's pretty much my lifestyle growing up. Just a simple boy from the East Coast. Um, grateful for the, the lifestyle that my parents and my grandparents and all my whanau provided for me because 
it has crafted me into the man I am today. Uh, but I do hope that this podcast added value to your journey. You know, I hope you take something away. And if you could do me a favor, chuck it up on your story or, you know, uh, tell someone. Word of mouth is the best way to get things out there. So anyone you think will grab something out of this or could inspire, then, you know, don't be shy to let them know. Otherwise, I hope you have a very good day. Stay productive, stay safe, stay happy and kia ora.